Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky and welcome to our Supercoach Instant Reaction podcast series. With the launch of the Supercoach 2020 app, we'll be looking at each position group and I'll share my initial reactions to the prices as well as what round I believe they will go in in draft. So today we're going to start with what I think is the most important position in the game, fullbacks. So many of the most talented players in the league do play this position. This year, very interestingly, not as many dual positions. So being able to bag a fullback and a quality one of that will go a long way in helping you win your draft league or getting a very high ranking in Classic. So what we want to go through today... Uh, we're going to go through the prices. We'll look at the grades that I'll give out for which round I believe they should go in. So just a bit of a note there. My draft rankings will be on a 12-man league. So when I do say round one, uh, picks one to 12, and rounds two, 13 to 24, etc. So we'll start with, in my opinion, the best player in the game, James Tedesco. Last season, 17 games played, a 95 average. The value, he's going to start with $853,100, and my grade is first round top pick. You can't go wrong with Teddy, averaged 15 more than any other fullback last season. Now, a couple of things this year that does excite me, where he could even match that average, I think with the number seven still up for grabs, I think you're going to see a lot more Tedesco on the ball. I think when he when he gets the ball, he can you know get those bra- those tackle breaks he can get those offloads, so he'll be sniffing around the ball. I think he's going to form some combinations. If Lock on Lamb can get it settled into that number seven jersey, I think there's going to be some talent there. Obviously, Sammy Verrill is coming back as well. Victor Radley, who does add that element of ball playing that should free up Tedesco and give him a bit more space around the ruck. So for me, there's no reason why if I had the first pick in the draft, I'm going Teddy. Now, with the value of 853000 to start off, look, it is a very steep price. Will he earn it? Probably, I think. You know, there's not much to say he won't average around the 85. For me, I won't start with him in uh, round one. But again, if I, if he comes out all guns blazing, it's one where you'll just kick yourself that you didn't start with him and get those, the bag those early critical points. In my fullback ranking for Tedesco, obviously fullback one for me, I think, He's the unquestioned number one. Number two, uh, we're going to go with Kalen Ponga from the Newcastle Knights. Played 18 games last year, an 80 average. His value starting at $708,200. And my draft rank is around one. I think he's a top three pick. Uh, I think with the goal kicking as well, obviously that did boost him last season. He's due to miss the first couple of games of the season due to his off-season shoulder surgery. But I think when he does come back, uh, there's going to be points to be had for Kalen. I think the ball-playing ability and getting a bit of freed-up space. Obviously, Blake Green not coming back till mid-season. I think that's when you did see Kalen play some of his best footy last year when Pierce had Green there to kind of take the load off and that freed up Kalen even more. Now, in saying that, I think similar to Tedesco, if he can get his hands on the ball and, you know, get those tackle breaks, those offloads, and create some of those line-break assists, try assists, I think... He's going to score some tries. You know he's going to do that. So I think for me, the 80 average, I can't see why he does not match that again. Now with the value again, 708000 it's it's a it's a steep price. I won't be starting with Kalen. But again, I, I don't begrudge anyone who just wants to lock him in there and try and ride him through the season. 
my fullback ranking for 2021, I've got him as fullback too. Again, a top three pick. I think if you do miss out on Teddy, a very good consolation prize would be Kalen Ponga. Number three from last season, AJ Brimson from the Gold Coast Titans. Only played the nine games, but a 74 average. Finished the season firing. Value he's starting with is $651,600. In my graph, my draft grade, I've got him as around two to three. So for me, AJ is a bit of a wild card. I think he can finish as high as fullback three. I could see him dropping as low as fullback eight. I have got him slotted in at fullback seven at the moment. For me, I think just obviously staying on the field, I think the Gold Coast with the roster and the offseason they've had will improve. But I think, you know, for me, that 651,000, I just need to see him string together some games. There's some better options I feel to start the season with. Now, if AJ does hit some form and then the Titans draw becomes favourable parts way through the season, no reason why you won't see him coming to that side. Now, the one thing that does hurt AJ this year, he does lose his dual 5-8. So he's just a fullback only. So obviously, for me, I think there's going to be a, a string of fullbacks going in a draft comp. And then the turning point will be AJ, whoever does decide to pick up AJ, whether they pull the trigger early because they don't think he's going to be there, or if someone's going to try and wait out and grab a steal later in the rounds. Now, in saying that, I have got him as fullback seven. Like I said, I think there are some talented options ahead, but again, it will not surprise me if he goes as high as, you know, finishes as high as fullback three once again. Number four, we got Ryan Pappenhausen from the Melbourne Storm. Last season, 17 games, a 71 average. Starting the season at 629,000 even. And I've got him as a grade one, round one player. For me, I think Pappenhausen is the first one on the list where you can really not argue starting with him. I have got him as my starting fullback in Classic, and I have got him penciled in as a round one top six option in draft. I think Pappenhausen, you know, he had the first full season last year under his belt. I think he's going to come out all guns blazing. I think he started to strike up a little little combination there with Munster, and I think obviously having Harry Grant back in the team, it just adds a bit more dynamic out out of the dummy half spot, and I think Pappenhausen has shown one of the better support players in the game, I think there'll be tries of plenty for him. I think he will challenge for the try scoring record in the comp. So for me, I think there's undisputed. He's fullback three for me in the 2021 rankings. I think he can nudge Kalen. Obviously, with the goal kicking for Melbourne, it is a huge what if. Uh, obviously, I think it's down to Pappenhausen and Munster. But if Pappy can get the goal kicking, all of a sudden... I think he's level playing field with Kalen, and in that Melbourne team, I'd probably nudge him a little bit higher. Right now, I do think Munster will get the kicking duty to start, but it will not surprise me if Pappenhausen does get it. And if that is the case, then very easily you can you can have a look at a fullback two there, just behind Tedesco. Okay, fullback number five, we've got Clint Gutherson from the Parramatta Eels. Played all 20 games last season, a 70 average. Value $617,400. And my draft grade is rounds two to three. So for Gutherson, it was an interesting season. Obviously played every game. He was the heart and soul of that Parramatta team. Did get the added boost of goal kicking for a couple of weeks there that did help his score. And I think he did show last season his support playing and his ball playing is getting so much better, I think, coming around the ruck. Now Parramatta's early start of the season, he was firing. The whole Parramatta team was firing. Some injuries later in the season, you had the Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown injuries. For me, they were huge. I think 
when this Paramount team is fit and firing and the forwards are getting over the advantage line, it opens up Clint Gutherson to do so much. I think his, the way he eats meters, he wants to get the ball in his hand. He's a very good option. Now, 617000 I think that's about the perfect price. I think he's going to sit around that 60 to 70 average throughout the season. So I think that's a good that's a good holding value for him. I won't start with him, uh, but if you know Parramatta does come out of the box a little bit uh, slow, and that value does drop, he's very exciting. If Parramatta gets on a run, uh, that value could shoot back up right in near the 700s. I've got him ranked at fullback six right now. For me, I think there's a clear top five. I think he's the the next of the second tier fullbacks, and I think if you do if you're in a draft comp and those first five go. I think you you snatch up Clint Gutherson, you, you're happy with it, you know, you're still getting an elite fullback, and he'll do the job for you there. Next on the list is Dylan Edwards from the Panthers. An in, injury-ravaged season last year, only played the 11 games, but did have a 69 average. The value is $608,800, and my draft grade is a rounds 3-4 to four pick. Now for Dylan Edwards, again, injuries similar to AJ is the concern, has not been able to string together uh, lots of games in a row, which is a bit concerning, especially if you're investing a high draft pick with him. Now, in terms of a classic, that 608, for me, it is very steep. I think when you look at all the options for fullback, I think it's one of the one of the least appealing ones. Now, he's a great player, and that 608,000 may sit around where he does sit, but for the value you can get for someone else, you know, like a Clint for an extra $10,000 or a Pappenhausen for an extra twenty. I think you just have to go with them. So for me, I've got him as fullback nine, but if the Panthers do carry on their great form from last season, he can be sniffing around the middle of the field. He's a great finisher. So for me, I think you can't go wrong with Dylan Edwards. Again, similar to the Clint, if those first elite fullbacks go and you do get into the rounds three and four and you you think you've nailed your first couple of picks, Dylan Edwards is a very nice piece to slide into your team and fill it out in the spine if you're looking to do that. I've got him as fullback nine. Again, there are some better options, but... It's a very good consolation prize. If you're getting Dylan Edwards, uh, you're not going you're not going to feel too bad about that. Now, next on the list is our first jewel for the fullback, is Zach Lomax. I won't cover him too much here because I do want to save him for the center uh, podcast. But just very quickly, he's six hundred and five thousand value. I've got him as a six a six round grade as the fullback. I think if all the fullbacks do go and he doesn't get picked up as a center. It's a very viable option you can have, and obviously the jewel does give you a bit of flexibility. I've got him at fullback 13, uh, but again, I, I think when we talk about the centers, I think he's going to be unquestionably one of the top ones we speak about there, so we'll, say, we'll save him for there. Next on the list is Tom Turbo. Now, this is a very interesting one. Only played the seven games last year, a 67 average, including the two injury-riddled games he had there. The value, 593000 even, and I have got him as a round one player. Now, the value. You, there's not many times in Supercoach that I've been playing where Turbo sits under the 600 to start a season. I think it's just too good a value. I think it's over 40% of teams have Turbo in their lineup at the moment. I think you just have to start. If he starts hot and can jump, he can win you a He can get you at least 100,000 easy in the first couple of rounds if he does fire. I've got him as fullback four. When he's on, we've seen in the past, he does challenge the Tedescos and the Pongas. Mainly, I feel like we're in for, in for an improved season. I think Kieran Foran coming to the club as a viable second playmaking option does free up Turbo to now sweep out the back a little bit more. Uh, I think his combination with Jake, 
I am expecting an improved season from Jake as well. So for me, Tom, just the ability to break the line, I think you saw in the Bulldogs game last year, just his ability to sweep around the back or just hit that line hard. There's not many in the comp that can do it better. And you're getting such a buy-low value of 593000 Now for me, I think in all draft comps, as we start to do our drafts and our mock drafts, Tom Taborovich is going to be the swing man of the draft. I think... I think for most parts, chalk will be for the first couple of picks. You know, you're going to have your Tedesco's, your Pongers, your Cooks, your Haas. I think the first person that picks Turbo is going to trigger an effect in the fullback market in a draft. I think you're going to have Tedesco, Ponga, Pappenhausen go for the first three. I think the next person who goes, where's my elite fullback, will go Tom Trevojevic. And it's going to spark the trickle of, I need to get myself a fullback. So for me... I know for myself, you know, if I get that first round pick and I'm sitting around that five mark and those first couple of fullbacks go, it's going to be very hard to pass up Tom Trevojevic. Now, speaking from experience, I did trade late season for Trevojevic last season. I did captain him in my semi-final. He did, and that was a game against the Titans. So, obviously, got uh, 24 as a captain with the injury. Didn't play great at all. He was obviously undercooked from his return on injury. But then again, I had him in the season prior and he was hitting hundreds consistently. So for me, it's it's the most interesting man in the game this season for Supercoach. I think he could finish as a top three player overall, or he could finish outside the top eight in fullbacks. But for me, I'm, I've got him in as fullback four at the moment. I'm going to gamble on him if I do get the chance. I think he's just one of those players. You just the, the ceiling is too high to pass up there. So a very interesting one, and one you should keep your eye on there. The next player on the list, Matt Dufty from the Dragons. Last season, 18 games, a 65 average. The value, 575,800. And I have got him as a round four grade. Now for Dufty, again, similar to an AJ Brimson or a Dylan Edwards. When he fires, he fires. There were times last year, especially when I versed him, you know, when he's just got the ball in hand, you're you're worried. If you've got him in your team, you're cheering. Every time he touches the ball, he's just dynamic. He's quick. He's always sniffing around the ball looking for a try. Again, falls into the second tier of fullback where if you do end up with a Matt Dufty, as long as you don't reach, I think. For Matt Dufty, I don't see him going anywhere near the first two rounds. He could sneak into a third round depending on how quick the fullbacks are going in a draft comp. But for me, I'm not going to start with him at 575,800. I'm not going to do it. I don't think there'll be many times that I'll get Matt Dufty into the team this year. Just depending if the value does drop low and he does get a couple of games strung possibly. But for me, he's fullback 10. He's going to do the job for you. I think he's going to sit around that 55 to 65 average. I think that was the high end last season. Now, if the Dragons do do well and the halves do form a partnership, there's obviously some upside to Matt Dufty. But for me, I wouldn't his fullback 10. It's a wait and see. But again, if you're in a 12-man draft league and you're one of the last ones to make a fullback, you're going to, you're going to ride Matt Dufty for where you can. The next one on the list, another dual position. It's Corey Allen of the Bulldogs. Obviously a very intriguing player. He played seven games for the Bunnies last year, a 62 average, starting at 545,400. I've got this as a round five grade. Now for me, similar to Lomax, I'm going to talk much more about Corella in the center wing podcast. But just speaking strictly as a f- from the fullback, I think there is obviously some value. You did see what he did in that Rabbits team at the end of the season once Latrell went down. He's got a very nice set of hands on him. He doesn't make too many errors, but... In attack, he does throw a very nice ball uh, to complete the 
the swing. So for me, it's definitely a, an upside play. For me, I've got him as fullback 11. It's one of those ones, again, you're, you're at the end of the draft. Uh, everyone else has picked a fullback and you're kind of waiting there. It's not a bad option to go with, but I think, as we'll talk about in the center pod, I think if you can get a starting fullback in the centers, which there's only three high-end ones this season, I think you just have to do that now. Whether you bring him in your calculus to draft him higher as a center, if you've already drafted a fullback, that could be. You know, you might be a Kalen Ponga owner, and then in round five, you, you it comes up to your turn. Corey Allen's there. Why not draft him? You know, having two fullbacks, especially with the limited number of jewels this year, I think it's a very handy one to have. So another interesting player for me this season, I think the dra- the Bulldogs will be improved this season. I've got him as fullback 11 just behind Matt Dufty. Uh, but again, with, with the jewel, it's just very handy to have a type of player like that coming into your season. The next player we have is Latrell Mitchell from the Bunnies. Uh, injury cut short season, played the 14 games for a 59 average. Value 524,600. I have got him as around two to three draft grade. Now, for me, Latrell, if this is the Latrell that we're getting where he finished the season last season, then he's going to be very sought after. I picked him round two last year in a draft. Obviously, had to contain with a couple of very low scores at the start of the season. I did end up trading him away. And then as soon as I traded him away, the scores came. So he's just one of those players where. You just want him. You you do want him in your team now. The fullback only. It's it's very handy for once all these the elite and the next tier fullbacks go. It's not going to surprise me if Latrell goes as high as number five in someone's draft league. For me, he's got the he's got the ability to do that. Now the other interesting thing is if Adam Reynolds does miss any time, Latrell comes in goal kicks. Now that pushes up the average even more. In that Bunnies team, I think, you know, the the inclusion of Jai Arrow, that forward pack should be even more dominant this season. And if Latrell's on the back of that and really, you know, comes in in, in shape and in form, then sky's limit. 524,000 from a classic perspective. It's very intriguing as a second fullback option. I think you can start with him. But as your second option, if the Bunnies can get off to a hot start, you could make 200 grand. Uh, I, it's not, I don't think it's very hard to envision seeing Latrell average of 75 over a stretch if the bunnies are firing. So I've got him as fullback eight. But again, if you're in a draft comp and the first, you know, your Tedesco, your Ponga, your Pappenhausen, and your Turbo are gone, and you look and you go, that bunnies are going to be a top two to top three team this year, why not go for a Latrell? I think the upside's there. You did see a couple of huge scores last year. And I think there's the, every chance of that happening again this year. And I think his his floor is getting uh, less and less. So I don't think you're going to see the 20s. I think, you know, you're going to consistently start seeing uh, the minimums of the 35s to the 40s. And if, if you're limiting those low scores and you've got the ceiling of a high, it's worth the risk there. We've got three more here. The next one is Roger Tuovasashek from the Warriors. Obviously, last season, the NRL, with the confirmed news, he's going to Rugby Union. So anyone who's always been a Tuovasashek fan, it might be one to really start the season with and try and ride him out, enjoy his last season. Played 18 games last year, 59 average, starting at $520,200. I have got him as around two to three grade. Now, when I was saying Latrell could be the fifth fullback, I've actually got Roger there. I've got him as fullback five. I think that 520 is very enticing. I think for me, that 520 for a player of Rogers' caliber and what we know he can do, especially with his line break, his tackle break ability, 
I think it's just money. I think there's money to be made by Roger. I think for me, if I if I don't start with the Pappenhausen and the Turbo and I need to move one of them on, I think the next player I will be starting is Tuovasashek. I think there's just too much money to be made there. It's such a low value. I think the Warriors are going to have an inspired year for Rogers last season. I think it's going to bring the boys together. Hopefully they can play some games in New Zealand so the fans can see him off and they'll fire him up even more. I think there's so much potential with Tuovasashek. And obviously at 59, there was a couple, there was the injury score at the end of the season. But again, I think he can easily crack the 60 and push even up to the 70s if he has a good season there. So one of the one of the lower values that we're seeing here, but one of the highest highest ceilings, which I do enjoy there. The next player, we've got Valentine Holmes from the Cowboys, the last dual center in our list here. He played 12 games last year for a 58 average. Obviously, did have his ankle injury. He did come back and did look undercooked. So, obviously, did affect some of his scores there. Starting at 509,400. I put him as a round six grade. Now, similar to the other two jewels, I think Valentine's much more suited if you can pick him in the centers. I think if you steal him in the centers and have another elite fullback, I think you're cheering. I think 509,000 is very, very nice uh, to slide in your center wing now. For me, I'm not as high as the Cowboys this year, but I still think someone of Valentine, if he does play a fullback and is healthy, there's going to be opportunities. There's going to be scoring ability. So for me, it's it's one I'm going to keep my eye on. I haven't got him penciled in yet to my center wing, but it's one that I'm definitely keeping an eye on. And I guess as we start seeing some preseason games and seeing how the team gels under Todd Payton, it's definitely one I'll keep my eye on there. I've got him as fullback 14, my lowest of the top 14 fullbacks. But again, he's he's more suited to the centre for me this season. I think that's where I'll be eyeing him off there. And the last player we'll look at today is Charles Nicol Clockstad from the Canberra Raiders. Last year, played 18 games for a 54 average. The value, $482,300. And I've got him as a round six fullback. Fullback number 12, actually, for me. So I think in, a, in my 12-man draft, I think he will be the last fullback picked for everyone who does need a fullback. I think if and if that is the case, it's it's so deep fullback. I think if you're getting a player a chance now, yes, that 54 average, you're going to look at that and go, with my fullback, I do want to get higher higher return in my investment. But again, if you're picking and you're saving chance to like let's say round five or six, everyone else has already used their high pick. You've been able to strengthen your team in other positions. Chances, you know, in those Raiders teams, there's always chances for some scores. For me, I think Chance had a quieter season last year. I think he will bounce back a bit. Uh, there's going to be some options. There's going to be some players ahead of him. But again, if you're one of these people who go, this is our, this is our three-man group. I think the Tedesco, the Ponga, and either the Pappenhaus and the Trojevic, if I don't get one of them, I don't care about fullback. I'm just going to wait and pick up whoever's left. I think you could... You're going to be happy if you get chance. I think he's shown the ability in previous seasons to really push that 16 up. So again, he's a fullback only. I think, especially for me, if those first five, six aren't there, I'll happily just wait for chance to drop to me at number 12. Now, you could get a bit cheeky. Obviously, with a round six, if you got someone like a Kalen or a Clint in the first one or two rounds and you just nail your other picks and you go, look, just give me chance for some insurance on the bench... It's, it's a good play because, you know, as soon as someone gets injured, instead of playing one of these lesser jewels, you can just say, look, here's Chance, and it's a nice trade piece for you as well. The five hundred, the 482300 from a classic perspective, it's also very juicy. Again, there's so many options in fullback, so you probably won't start with him. 
But again, if you're someone who likes looking at your team and just wants to do a bit of a cash grab and the Canberra gets on a bit of a roll, there's a lot less options you can do than Chance. All right, guys. Well, that's it for the fullback podcast. Again, there's obviously a lot more dual options, but we'll cover those in the other position groups. I think for me, fullback is one of the most important positions. I think if you can nail one of the top four to five fullbacks, it sets you up very nicely. Now, again... You could pick a Teddy or a Ponga, and then if your team isn't really firing, it's a valuable trade chip. You can get up to a five-player five trade for one of those guys. So for me, you just when you're doing your draft, just make sure that you don't reach. If you're not getting one of those top guys, I think there is some value from, you know, fullback 6 to 12. Yes, there's, there's, a, there's some slight difference, but on any given day, the other fullback can do just as well. So that'd probably be my, my recommendation. Don't reach. Try and get one of your elites if you're if you're sitting there in the draft on the ladder. If you need a wait, wait it out. You know, fill up your fill out your team, and you can start getting a bit fancy with some of your picks later on, and try and try and snatch one of the the lower rated fullbacks that are still going to do a great job for you. And in classic, obviously, you've got your two fullbacks. Whether you're going to go and try and do a bit of a cash grab, whether you're going to try and just score maximum points with the two best players. That you can't go wrong. I think this this player group. When you look at this, the talent of fullback in the league, every every team basically has a has a great fullback. So for me, you, you just can't go wrong. It's one of those groups where I'm excited as a guy looking at my draft team and tinkering my classic team every day, trying to bring all these fullbacks into your team. Obviously, it's a bit hard this year with less jewels, but the ability to just have a Tedesco and a Ponga, or a Papenhausen and a Turbo, or a Gutherson and a Sheck. There's just so many options and combinations you can do. So Take your time with it, I think, again, in your draft leagues. Just keep an eye out for some value where you can get it. And in your classics, obviously, whatever whatever belief you want to go with with your cash grab or your point scoring, you just can't go wrong. All right, guys, that will do it for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, let me know how, how you think I've graded the guys, if you, if you disagree or agree. Next, we'll be going with the hookers, another important position. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Drop a like, have a listen, subscribe, and have a great day. Cheers.